Hello, everyone. This is Chopping It Up for AMP Records. I'm Lily Wellen. And I'm Jenna Withers. And today we decide we're actually going to talk about rapid hip-hop music. <laughs> Unlike the last two podcasts, we actually found some topics that fit AMP Records. Although I feel like AMP Records should just represent all music. One thing I think we should start off with is one of our, our fellow Columbia alums is really going through it right now. Jeremiah is hospitalized for COVID. He was in the ICU for it, which yeah. is crazy. Yes, I saw lots of celebrities reaching out on social media, like Chance the Rapper and a few others were reaching out, making sure that everyone knew to keep him in their thoughts. I Hopefully things are on the up and up for him and that he's starting to feel better so right i will actually say i know before i was like i'm not really a big rap person i actually always loved jeremiah's song when i heard the name jeremiah i was like i know that name but i forgot what songs he listened to or what songs he um uh put out and i used to be like such a fan of down on me yes me too down on me was like one of my favorite songs What's the other one, too, where he, uh, is it, it's not down on me, where he's like, I'm from Chicago. Crap, what is that? You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> no, I know, I only know three Jeremiah songs. I know Down On Me. I know I'm a star. That, oh. that's a, that was a underrated, underrated one. And then Birthday Sex. Birthday Sex is classic. Yeah. I'm trying to look, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Do oh, know? yes. Yes. I didn't realize that was Jeremiah. And he goes, I'm from Chicago. And it, that's the one. But anyways, we love you. And we hope you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about is after Lil Nas X had the iconic Old Town Road song, he actually, he just put out a new song called Holiday. And it's his rap Christmas song. Have you taken a listen to it? I have. I watch. I also watched the music video for it, which, which is, is really wild. <laughs> it is wild. I I really appreciate his creativity, though. Like it, he's doing the most in like the best way possible. I love it. Like that silver beard and like the crazy white eye contacts are just like out there, and it's Santa from the future, and it's super dope. He tweeted, somebody tweeted, he was like, Lil Nas X is like the modern day Missy Elliott. And Missy Elliott responded to him. He's like, no, he's Lil Nas X and I'm Missy Elliott. But then he responded to it and he was like, she's right. But also I take inspiration from Missy Elliott. And you can definitely tell from that music video. Because she would also have very much like creative content for her music videos every time she put out a song. But I think it's a fun song. And I I don't necessarily think it's going to be a Christmas playlist, but but it definitely is a fun song to listen to. I put it on my Christmas playlist, but I, but my Christmas playlist, I need to separate them. I have a combo playlist of like old Christmas songs and new Christmas songs, which when I go and visit with my grandma in a very COVID friendly way on Tuesday, I need to separate the songs and only play <laughs> the, the, the classic like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra songs and not have her listen to Merry Christmas Kiss My Ass by All Time Low. Yes. So that would not be great. 
I think that's more of what I'm saying is that definitely has to be on a certain Christmas list, not with a bunch of other songs, but it is, it, it, I always enjoy him, and I was a big fan of Old Town Road. <laughs> Wait, quick, quick sidebar. What is, uh, what is your favorite, like, Christmas song that's, do you have a non-mainstream Christmas song that you really like? You mean, like, Mistletoe by Justin Bieber? <laughs> sure. Not a, a, like, it's one that he made, a Christmas song he wrote. Yeah, I do love that album. Though. I like, I actually really love A Present Without a Bow with Casey Musgraves and Leon Bridges. Ooh. I like that one. I like, I, I like the other, uh, the one with her and Troye Sivan. I think it's Literary. Literary. That one too, yeah. Yeah, I think my personal favorite, which is a uh, unreleased song, but it always pulls at my heartstrings and I put it on my uh, desktop, on my Spotify, is um, a Ariana Grande and Mac Miller cover of Baby It's Cold Outside. Oh, I love that. It's, ooh, I don't know what it is. It just, like, it makes my heart, like, it, it's like the Grinch. It makes my heart go, like, three times bigger. It's it's really cozy and warm, and I, ooh, I love it so much. You'll have to send that to me because I've never heard it. <gasps> oh, it's so good. I will send it to you. Maybe by the, before the end of this, we need to do like a best album, then best Christmas song, like Ooh. top Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone stay tuned for stuff like that because we still have a few weeks left where we can get some podcasts in. Yeah. In other news, last like big hip hop news before we go into the main content of today is Yeezy and Gucci Mane had a versus battle, which Jen and I both don't know much about. But versus battle apparently is a big thing that a lot of celebrities have done. I was on Twitter, I think it was Tuesday or something, and my Twitter feed was going off. Like, there were so many people talking about this versus battle, and apparently like 2 million people turned tuned in because they've had beef for like 15 years. And all I've gathered about the beef is that like, they've col- they have had problems collabing before, like and that just caused more issues and more issues. But so, it sounds like after this versus battle, they have come to terms and have been okay with each other now. That's great to hear. I would love to hear it. I, uh, like Lily said, I am not, I'm also not super familiar with it. All I know is that they do the versus battles on uh, Instagram live and it started because of the pandemic. Wasn't it Timbaland who started it? Uh, yes. It's created by Timbaland and Swizz Beats. Okay. I'm saying that correctly. I hope so. But it was, they, they were the first ones that did it. And then, um, the, some of the bigger ones were French Montana and Tory Lanes. We, we're not Tory Lanes fans on this, on this podcast. No, no, we're not. <laughs> we're, we'll discuss that later on. And then uh, T-Pain versus Little John. Oh, that'd be a good one. Uh, Nelly versus Ludacris. There were lots, lots of big ones. And then now it's just, I think the biggest one though was Brandy versus Monica, which hit 1.2 million viewers at one point. Wow. Okay. So, that would be a cool one to watch. Yeah. And that was, that one was, that was the second biggest one up until now, which was the Jeezy versus Gucci Mane, which hit 1.8 million wow. viewers at one point. That's crazy. 
but that's and, a, that's awesome and the winner was Jeezy I was the determined winner at the okay. end of the the at the end of the live stream okay so we just thought that was big hip-hop news we had to pop that in there but our main content for today is Magda Stallion put out a new album and we are going to review that I'm going to have Jenna start things off because We've discovered that she's quite the Make the Stallion fan, and I'm a mediocre one. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm. I wouldn't say I'm a major fan. I don't know a whole. I don't know her whole life story or anything, but I've been listening to Meg for just over a year. I think it was about last summer when I started listening to her when Cash Shit came out and was starting to get some recognition and I also listened to the song that she was uh, that was put into euphoria those were the two that kind of gave me the introduction to Meg the Stallion but I have been consciously following her ever since and introduced all my friends to her <laughs> and uh, I'll brought them on the hot girl train and made sure that everyone was fully aware that we were having a hot girl summer last year. So it was very great when after her big banger album of Fever that was released last year, she followed up during the at the beginning of quarantine with her EP or would it be considered an EP mini album of Sugar, Sugar, which had famous, famous songs now, Savage, Captain Hook. Those are some major ones that got viral on TikTok and in the internet sphere. And now she has dropped her first major album called Good News that we, Lily and I have both thoroughly listened to and we will now give our review on. Yeah, so Jenna has listened to Make the Stallion more than I have. I realized before this that I know of her so well from just her persona and like her online presence that I thought I knew more songs by her when I really actually didn't <laughs> I will say I really enjoyed her performance on SNL during this quarantine I thought it was really cool especially with her big tribute to Brianna Taylor I thought that was really awesome and that got me more interested in her music too because I really liked the songs she performed on that but the overview of the album was, which I was warned by Jenna, that she's very raunchy and like very, um, I don't know the exact word, but she definitely puts it all out there and is not afraid to say the dirt, the dirty things. <laughs> so some of the lyrics I was like, woo. But she, she's just, I, I don't even know if explicit is like the correct term either. She's just like, she really tells it like it is yeah like says every everything that people have been thinking in their minds about dirty things but are too afraid to say out loud she says them in her raps I mean she wasn't obviously the first female rapper to do this but she is definitely known for it now and she like really came into fame because of her explicit lyrics I think too is like she really showed that side of herself being on Cardi B's WAP with her because oh. that song is definitely very much 
but it, it's good because a lot of women feel like they can't talk about that stuff because they'll be looked down on. So it's cool that she does it. I was just very like not ready for it. Cause I haven't listened to a lot of her music before. I took notes on most of the songs. So I said for shots fired, it's obviously about her getting shot, but also she made, um, she made reference to Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor. And I was, I always think that it's really cool that she uses her platform for things like that because so many people who have a following don't like speak on issues. And I think it's cool that even with her first major album, she's using it to speak on issues that have been going on. So I want to make a note of that. And then Don't Stop was one of the songs she sang on SNL. So I already knew that one. Uh, let's see. And I said, Savage Remix, leg legendary song. I feel like that song's going to go down in history because of like, especially it's um, quarantine flashbacks it gave me. Beginning of quarantine, Savage Remix was everywhere. <laughs> sure was. That was the entire month of March, man. And I, I said this to Jenna off the off the podcast but I didn't realize how much Beyonce actually like sang in it because I only heard like the little snippet that she they would have on TikTok and I was like wow I didn't actually know she like had runs in it and stuff yep. I liked Body and then I saw that she posted last night that she put a video up of that so I feel like that's gonna be her first like major single after posting this but I would say my favorites, I knew Girls in the Hood, because that's also, like, on TikTok and stuff, um, but my favorite ones that I started to like was, the one that I feel like I like the best is Don't Rock Me to Sleep. Ooh. It gave me kind of um, Doja Cat and Dua Lipa vibes with the disco, like, it kind of had a different, like, it gave me vibes of, like, the music that people are putting out right now, and I really liked it, especially with her rap, rapping over it. I really, I like to go crazy with Big Sean and 2 Chains, but I've always liked Big Sean, so I liked that, and it has, like, um, the Michael, the Jackson 5 sample in it. What was, I starred them. I actually liked Intercourse, too. Who was, who was on that? Uh, and Popkin? Popkin? Yeah, it had, like, like, kind of Spanish vibes to it, and I, I could see it being, like, a bigger hit later on because of the different, like, how different it sounded from what she normally puts out, but I think it was cool, because I think, like, thinking of, like, Cardi B and other people who paired up with, like, a Spanish-speaking singer, and I feel like it's going to become a big hit, and I just liked the combination of her rap with their style of music, too, and I think it came out to be a cool song. So those are the ones that I start as ones I liked. I tried not to do the ones I already knew, because, like, I knew Girls in the Hood, I knew Savage Remix. I knew D Don't Stop. Um, but yeah, I, I liked I liked some other ones, but I feel like those turned out to be my top picks after like thinking it over. But she did have a lot of good features on here. She had the baby. She had SZA. I liked the song with Little Dirk. I don't know. I guess that's my overview. I had more notes, but I feel like I want to hear what you have to say, and then I can add to it. <laughs> wow. We're finally disagreeing. I know. We always have the favorite songs, and then when I saw you post your... My favorite song on my Instagram story. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're not going to have the same ones. Oh, we 
definitely don't. It's a, but that's okay. That's what, yeah. this is what the podcast is for. So right. since I have been, a, you haven't been exposed to Megan's music as much as I have. I I picked more of her more on brand songs as my favorite. Mm-hmm. As the ones that you chose were kind of her going in a different direction. And I, I think I, it was me easing into her too. Like the songs yeah. are like me easing into because I don't listen to a lot of intense rap. And I think yeah. and for her, like her songs are rap heavy and like so it was just not I'm not used to listening to it and I didn't think it was bad or anything it's just not what I used to listening to so I think my favorites definitely reflect that because I picked ones that are kind of more music I listen to or hear other places that makes sense yeah definitely makes sense uh my favorite my favorite is Sugar Baby um I love that song so much um I will quote one of the lyrics that stuck out in my mind that my friend Caitlin pointed out in our friend group chat that I didn't notice when I first listened to it, but now it is very stuck in my brain every time I listen to it, which is, oh, invest in this pussy boy, support black business. <laughs> that, that was an iconic lyric and I love it a lot. Um, it really just, I, she's very much about making money and doing her thing and I love the energy it always makes me feel like the baddest bitch in the entire world when I listen to her like I can like I feel like I can stomp on people and I feel like I'm 5'10 like she is when I'm actually (laughs) 5'2 and that is my favorite song I love it a lot because she also ends the song by saying like um we getting rich or after like getting a sugar daddy and after being a sugar baby my second favorite song i would say is cry baby featuring the baby i um, love the dip i uh, love the baby because the song he does with dua lipa i'm like yeah, I, I think he's a really good feature so i was like excited to see that on her album i agree it was it was a very strong feature. I thought it was interesting that they split up the song where he started out, he did half the first half and she did the second half. And they didn't really come together and rap together. They kind of just split up the song. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. But I think the production on that song was really what stuck out to me. Um, and I really liked the, the production of Beats on that one that kind of made that my number two and then my number three is tied okay between it's a four-way tie to be honest I really can't choose (laughs) uh between shots fired circles body and what's new that's I like I can't decide I they're they're all kind of on the same playing field as me if I had to nudge one over the others I would say circles. I really like. I said I liked the beat for circles. Yeah. I thought it had a really good beat. Yeah, circles was. Uh, I I think that one's listed as her official single post album. Um, okay. Which is, I thought it would be body since she put out yeah. that music video. I thought so too, but I think that is what is um, 
uh, put as her single, but um, I really liked, I really liked Starfleet a lot. There was another line in there that I really liked. She was talking about the girls, and I'm trying to find it. Oh, when a party, when a party ain't a party if my bitches ain't included. That is, that was my favorite line, because I can just, like, see my friends and I back at the club during non-COVID times, just, like, going hard to that song. That song, and then the uh, the baby song are like two songs I can see my friends and I just like going hard at the club too and just like shaking butts and taking taking names <laughs> those are like those are the top two I would say um, uh, also uh, a special a special description back to the baby feature is I had a very distinct vision of many of the uh, the fellow uh, fraternity men at my alma mater of DePaul University uh, doing their signature DeBaby dance move, which is them uh, with their head down at the club while also pointing their finger out to the sky, like back and forth, like they're just straight vibing. That's, I, I was kind of pulling some of those moves when I was listening to that. But I would say, I, I'm going to be a little bit of a critic. Yeah. I would say that the top half of her album is a lot stronger than the bottom half, in my personal opinion, which kind of goes against what you, what your favorites were, which were Intercourse, uh, Rock Me to Sleep, and Go Crazy. Well, I think that shows, though, that I felt that's the th- I felt like a lot of it was really cohesive until the songs I liked. And I think that's where, like, the top half really is, like, her strong rap section. Like, most of her strongest raps are in the top half. And then the bottom half is more her branching out and having different songs with the more unique features. Like, because, like, City Girls and stuff makes sense for her to feature with because they're, like, similar stuff. But, like, like that, that Spanish singer... Like that's not some not her normal feature, but I think it made because it made her sound different, and I think that's part of it. Was the first half was a lot more like you could tell all the songs fit together really well, and then the second half was more of her like more experimental sounds of different things, and that's probably where it goes for you because you like her strong rap sound, and then for me, I was like, oh, I kind of like this unique (laughs) the sound that's different for her. Not to say I don't like her rapping, but it's just, like I said, I'm not, I don't listen to a lot of rap, so it was a lot for me to take in, and so I feel like I just connected with the other songs, because it was like, oh, okay, I can get with this. Yeah, the Don't Rock Me to Sleep was really, like, I I don't want to call it my least favorite song on the album, but it was the most different sounding song than everything else I've ever heard her put out, and it wasn't my absolute favorite, just because I'm so used to her rapping with everything but I can see the pluses and minuses to it but I know that she has gotten a lot of critiques on that song and and people really don't love it but those are also like like you described the hardcore rap people who like oh that really are dedicated to the rap sound and aren't used to her singing in a more like pop fashion yeah Uh, 
but I would also say that the City Girl song was also, I like it, but I was expecting it to be stronger. Me too. It kind of flopped for me. I was excited to hear what it was going to be when I saw them collaborating. I was like, ooh, this is going to be a good song. And then I heard it. I was like, ooh, I really wanted this to be one of my favorites. And it's not. Like, I was, like, banking on it being, like, one of my top three. And then I was like, oh, it just didn't work as well as I thought it was going to. Me too. It was just, like, I don't know. I have, I had such high expectations like you. I I was also just really hyped about City Girls in general because uh, in my own friend group, we are a big advocate for Pussy Talk. That is our song. We, anytime that song comes on for us, we drop everything and sing that song. That is just our life, our world, is Pussy Talk. So I was hoping that the combination of the three strong females together would bring on the next I don't want to say the next WAP because that's that's pretty strong to say because WAP was very powerful oh but yeah I, I was hoping for it to be almost near that level maybe a little below that but it did it missed the mark and I was really sad about it, it yeah I I was really hoping for something like that too hearing them all combine like that and then I just was like it kind of plateaued that, that album honestly I also, people are going to give me shit for this. I'm also not a, I've never been a big fan of SZA. Like her music, her music is good, but it's just not my type of music. And I, I liked that song, but it wasn't also my favorite. I, I wanted that one to be good as well. And it just wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. I, I mean, it makes sense though. I like SZA sound is really more R&B. And like not really like the eh, kind of Megan sound. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not really that's not the sound that she comes out with. And the combo of both of those sounds is just a little strange. Uh, I, I yeah, they just didn't fit well together. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting. But I, I, sh- I shouldn't have put my expectations so high for that one because I should have known that the sounds were good. It was going to sound something like that. But I don't know. I think I was expecting for SZA to just kind of like come out of her R&B box a little bit and maybe just like get a little more crazy. I hate to say it, but her best duets were with the men. That's so sad for me. <laughs> That's really upsetting because it should not have been that way. No. It should have been like the City Girl sh- song should have been the top song, but it wasn't. And I'm so sad about it. I do think that for her first like full album, this was a good first full album. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, it was. There are some very strong songs on there and I, it really encapsulates the Megan Thee Stallion sound. I was just going to um, say, I feel like it really embodies who she is. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very good. A very strong debut. It was just, I had high expectations for those features because of some of her previous features. She's had some really good features on her other, like, EPs, I guess, because I guess this was her, techni- her first full-length album, technically. 
I really liked uh, my other favorite feature of hers besides Savage and WAP was Simon Says on her Fever album with Juicy J. I love that song. That is one of my favorite songs by her. And I was hoping that it would be on that level. And it just wasn't. Well, even too, like, in Hot Girl Summer, the person who sings that, that part of it, it's like, even like those smaller features, like, are good. So it's kind of this, I, I was disappointed in some of her features. Controversial Hot Girl Summer is her worst song. I don't like that song. I, it was supposed to be, like, the banger song because of her trend last year. Yeah. wasn't. It I was, like that song. You do? Uh, I don't know. I was just hoping for, like, because it was her and Nicki Minaj. And I was like, come on, let's go. Like, two very strong female rappers. I was just hoping for some, like... It's definitely, definitely more tame compared to some of her other raps. I will say that. Now that I've hit the high expectation of her explicit lyrics, I was just hoping for... I just want that every single time now. Yeah. And anything that doesn't hit that standard makes me sad. <laughs> oh, okay, but... but yes, I love... I did love this album. Uh, uh, despite all the critiques I just gave it, I, I do love this album. And I've been listening to my faves all weekend long. Okay. I have a question for you then. Yeah. How does this compare to other albums in 2020? Is it going to be one of your tops? Or do you think it, it is not comparable to some of your other albums that have come out this year? I would say it's not comparable because I... There hasn't been a ton of, like, it, well, in my, to disclaimer, my taste in rap music is very generic. I don't, like, I know a decent amount of rap. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, a lot of, like, current rap people uh, that aren't female rappers. Like, I'm a big fan of, obviously, Megan Thee Stallion. I love Rico Nasty. I love City Girls. All of those are very much on my radar. But like other artists like um like Ian Dior, uh Shaq West, Lil Uzi, like all of those up and coming. Well, Lil Uzi's not up and coming. He's been around for a while. But I don't really know that well. So I can't really compare this album to the other albums that I've listened to in 2020 because I didn't really listen to a lot of rap albums this year. This yeah. is probably my first major rap album that I've listened to this year. No one else, no one else that I listened to has come out with a big album yeah. uh, rap-wise because Machine Gun Kelly came out with a like pop-punk album and he has was rapped in every other album before this. So that's not even on the same level. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes what, about, what about you? Um, I would not put it as my top for sure, but I did enjoy listening to it more than I was expecting. And I think that's just because I like, I listen to very generic rap as well, but m more like, like when I think of like the rap music I listen to it, I listen to like 2000s rap. 
kind of. <laughs> like, I haven't gotten to the modern day rap, really. Like some Chris Brown, uh, but like pre Rihanna Chris Brown. Right, I was gonna say, try not to listen to him anymore. Like T Pain, Nelly, Ludacris, uh, yep. all of that stuff. Uh, a song that pops up on every, literally every Spotify's year, year, like, year in review or whatever. Juvenile yes. slow motion is on there every year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I have a playlist on my Spotify that, okay, I know no one from my hometown will ever listen to this podcast, but from in my hometown, when I was in about junior high, there was this thing that we had every, uh, the first Friday of every month at our local park district gym. We called it TPH, which, which stood for the parties here. <laughs> and it sounds lame, but it was actually popping. Like you had to be super cool in order to like, you had to show up cool. Like, anybody could go. It wasn't, like, exclusive or anything. But, like, you you looked cooler if you showed up with friends and if you, like, knew everybody there. It was basically, like, a club for seventh graders. And I created this playlist on Spotify that featured all of the rap songs that I used to hear at that dance every Friday. Uh, or every first Friday of every month, which includes like Cyclone, Lobe by Flo Rida, Lollipop by Lil Wayne, and like Pop Lock and Drop It. That was like, yes. that was that was the song that I, I was a very sheltered child. I was not exposed to the latest trends in music uh, until I left my bubble of Catholic school. So a lot of my friends in junior high had to teach me the dances like the Dougie, like what to do for pop lock and drop it, what to do for Cupid Shuffle. I didn't know any of that going into this. And I looked like an idiot for like the first year because it was mostly meant for seventh and eighth graders, this dance. And I had to, I didn't end up learning any of that until I was an eighth grader because I looked like an idiot in the corner that did not know any of the dances. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so that's my rap. Yeah. that's But that's fair. Like, that is, I think that is, like, the peak of rap in, for our generation. That yeah. is the peak of rap. And I will say, I, I'm a huge, huge huge Degrassi fan so I'm like obsessed with Drake like (laughs) when Drake came out as like a rapper I was like oh my god it's Jimmy Brooks (laughs) (laughs) I never I never watched Degrassi I I don't know why I just never watched it it was not like in my radar uh but well like I know I know people like loved it and it was like the show that's where Drake came from was Degrassi Oh yeah, my my friend Maggie, she refuses to like Drake because she only wants to like him as Jimmy Brooks. But I, I like I, him as the as the kid who got shot. Like that's all I know about Degrassi is that he got shot. Okay, so I grew up watching this show. I was I 
and then me and my friend might make a podcast about Degrassi so stay tuned <laughs> but um I grew up watching this show and when you when I was younger there was a new episode Monday through Friday of this show no way so I was watching like every day of the week and Friday was the big day where they replayed at like they would do kind of like Degrassi marathons oh was this on like Team Nick and shit it was called the N, but it eventually turned into T-Nick. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I do remember this. So, but then when quarantine hit and we were in lockdown, I was like, I've been meaning to do this for years. I'm going to rewatch all of Degrassi. <laughs> I made it even to the Netflix series of Degrassi Next Class <laughs> because I was like, I got to get through this. I've been wanting to rewatch it. And it holds up so well. I'm still in love with it after rewatching it. Even as a 26-year-old, I'm still obsessed with it. <laughs> I maybe have become more obsessed with it rewatching it. Okay. See, I didn't know I didn't know that generation of Degrassi. I I we're three years apart in age. Yeah. I, I like just missed that cutoff of that generation of Degrassi. I knew the next gener the next generation of Degrassi, which was I don't know anybody's names, uh -huh. so I'm going to give character descriptions. It's it awesome. That, I've watched it all. It was that, it was that emo kid with, like, the, yeah, with the sweet hair. I always thought he was cute when I saw the commercials. Um, and then the girl with, like, the glasses and the curly hair, and she always was wearing a hat. Hair. Yes. Sorry, I said it like that because she's my enemy. <laughs> Those are the only two characters that I recall uh, from, like, the ads and stuff, because I remember that that promotion for that gener that generation was the uh, was the carnival. Yeah, the, like the, the with the shark in the water song. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. That's the only reason I knew that generation of Degrassi was because of that commercial. I literally, the thing is, I watched it probably on TV live from when Drake's season started. So when Degrassi, the next generation began, through like Eli and Claire season yeah. I like when I rewatched it I realized I probably watched 14 seasons of it on tv oh my god 14 seasons <laughs> that's so many I don't think I've ever watched 14 seasons of any show you won't even like some of the seasons had like 40 episodes like that's how much Degrassi I watched this quarantine is it just like I'm, is it just like a like a teen high school drama is that just what it is yeah, but it's Canadian, so because of that, like, they were able to be, like, more real with things, and I also, like, you know how some shows, like, I love Sex and the City, but that show does not hold up with stuff, like, Carrie's so, like, yeah. inappropriate most of the time, Yeah, but, like, watching Degrassi, you can't even, like, blame them, because they're high schoolers just learning about everything, and the so it's just like it's hard like you don't have to look at it with any weirdness because it's like yeah when I was in high school I didn't know what that is so of course they didn't get it you know so it's okay. like it still holds up really well because of that but also being Canadian they had a lot of different tv rules so they were able to be more um have some of the, the like storylines come out fuller and more real because they had the ability to do that. Like one of the girls got an abortion. They were able to just talk about it and share about it, you know, because it's not American TV that has all the censorship. So I watched the, this is the difference. I watched, um, I watched Skins and that was my, that was my like 
beyond American TV where I got exposed to like different TV rules. I watched so much Skins. I love Skins. My younger sibling loves Skins too. That was like, that was what I watched when I was like 15 and 16. Like I used to watch it illegally in my laptop. Uh, which probably shouldn't go in the podcast, but like eh, it was back then. Uh, don't yeah. do that anymore. But um, I used to watch like so much Skins, and like I, there's some like famous people that came from Skins, kind of like how Drake did. Like, um, oh shoot, what's his name? He is like super famous now, and he's in like so many movies. Well, first of all, he had a small appearance, but Daniel Kaluuya, I think that's Kaluuya. Uh, who was in, he was in, uh, he's in all of the, um, the, he was in Black Panther and Get Out. Yeah, I remember him in Get Out. He was the lead guy in Get Out. Yeah, he had a really small role in, like, the first season of Skins, but, like, it's, like, they had, like, what is his name? Where is his name in here? Dev Patel. There it is. Dev Patel was in Skins, and I had no idea, and he, he is, like, he was in Slumdog Millionaire and all that, like, that was, like, his breakout role and, like, crazy. I'm also a big fan of Nicholas Holt, who is, like, incredibly British and in some, like, super random and obscure movies that only I watch. <laughs> like, I love Mad-, Mad Max Fury Road, and he was in that. Okay. But, uh, he was also in this, like, you know, like, it was a zombie comedy romantic romantic comedy movie he's also in something like that so oh, i think i know exactly what you're talking about warm, <laughs> warm bodies I, yes i saw that movie <laughs> i love that movie it was so bad but i loved it but going back to rap music <laughs> no, candid, i'm so sorry no i put it onto degrassi and okay but this is like why i like the most modern rap music I love is Drake because when he put out that Degrassi reunion music video, I lost it. I went crazy. I cried <laughs> when I watched it because he literally brought every single person back, even to the principal of the school. Oh. And I lost it. I had it on loop on my phone for like literally three days straight because I couldn't believe that they came back together. (laughs) Were you in high school when Take Care came out? Probably, yeah. I think I had a drink shirt in high school actually too. (laughs) It came out like my eighth grade year going into my freshman year of high school. Uh, I was probably just, I was probably toward the end of my high school career. that I I will still stand by this. That was the best Drake album. Like Take Care was the best, and it still stands as like his best album now. Like so many good songs on that album. That was a good one. I like like self titled Take Care, Headlines, uh, Hell Yeah Fucking Right. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite is Make Me Proud with Nicki Minaj. That's a good song. See, he has, he has so many bangers. He does. 2011, holy shit, that, that album's nine years old. He definitely has some problematic moments, especially with, like, the Millie Brown stuff, like, talking to younger girls, like, that's problematic. Oh, yeah. But I think of him as Jimmy Brooks, and so 
that's like where my rap stance is, is like that. But even that's like a totally different thing than Meg Thee Stallion. Like she's on a whole different level than Drake. Like <laughs> it's crazy when like like critics will like critics were like slamming WAP for being so raunchy, and I'm like, hello, what was what was Lollipop with Little Wayne? That's basically the same thing, but like just different genitalia. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like, men like, can talk about girls' bodies, but girls can't talk about their bodies. Yeah. Great. <laughs> like, it's the same shit. You're just, like, doing a double standard in terms of gender. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, this podcast is taking a turn. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you edit this beautifully. I will, but I think it's all good stuff, and, like, we learned a lot from yes, this. Yes. And this is like, wow, we were talking about skits and Degrassi. <laughs> but we did talk about rap. We did get rap in there. So that's a big plus for us and a big accomplishment because that's the first time of rap being talked about on this podcast. Yep. I, I know my mom is going to watch the listen to this later. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom, for talking about wet ass pussy so much and talking about <laughs> such graphic things. But uh, I hope you're proud. <laughs> um, I guess this is a good place to end because I think we're we're clearly just not even talking about music anymore. Uh, but we will be back hopefully a couple more times before the semester ends and we'll hopefully have some more rap topics. But I know we want to talk about some other big album releases coming out because we have some of our favorites coming out with stuff within the next few weeks. So we've been amping up plastic carts for weeks now and I cannot wait for it to come out subtly hinting at Sean Mendes as well <laughs> oh, my god yeah we're we're gonna have big reviews coming up yes soon please and we'll, we'll talk to you all soon I hope you get through this if you did wow we're really proud of you <laughs> yeah. thank you for listening and please catch us next time with more important music news and reviews yes 